Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Prudo and D. Another year, but we're still here, baby. Happy 2024, everybody. Oh, I don't have the uh, the yay. But no we're, banner, no. Wah, 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 wah. I, I was looking for it. I couldn't find it in time. But hey, you're back with your boys, Trudeau and D. Thanks for joining us live Tuesday, January 2nd, or on podcast the next day. Remember, if you're listening on podcast, do us a favor, rate, subscribe, review, all that fun stuff for your boys. But first, D, what it do? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Happy motherfucking New Year, baby. What to do with you, my guy? This is what I was looking for. That works too. Couldn't find it. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm getting a little too old for the New Year's Eve celebration. I was out by uh, <laughs> 1030 to make the ball drop. So this is how old we are. Not only were we out for the for the ball drop, but like fell asleep, woke up at like 1155, watched it, and then went back to sleep. <laughs> no, that's some just, real old shit. Just, just to say that we watched it. Like, that's it. Like, I watched the whole thing. All the but My biggest takeaway from it, too, is I would hate to be like the New York cleaning crew. Oh, because they I mean, you could say yours, too, but like they just set off confetti and shit everywhere. So, like, who's got to clean that shit up? Because no, thank you the next day because they got to make Times Square look good. Right. Or at least attempt to make it look good. But what were you going to say? No, I thought you were going to say I would hate to be the people. I don't understand these sick MFers in Times Square on New Year's because here's the thing mm, you're true. packed in shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of random people you don't know at all and mm. the freezing cold is probably like 15 degrees out in New York City that night and guess what guys you're packed in guess what that means you're not going anywhere so guess what people are wearing diapers and shitting their pants so you're standing next <laughs> to, to Greg from Georgia who's here for to New York for his first time shitting his pants while you're in the freezing cold with no booze no food nothing it's awful I wasn't gonna go that route, but I mean, I guess if you if you gotta go, you gotta go. Um, but I'm sure that they were all enjoying themselves. I just I just find it weird. Like every year, you see the same sailor with the the female and the lean over and kiss with the leg up. It's like, all right, bro, like that picture was done 70 years ago, but like we still make it seem like it's such an authentic picture to take. Somebody's got to do it. Uh, but no, I, I honestly I'm with you on that. Like we we made um, we made some martinis at like nine o'clock. We drank them and then we we went to sleep. <laughs> we woke up and we're like, "Hey yo, it's twenty twenty four. And then we went right back to sleep. The, the thing is, when you get to a certain age and you have children, that's the thing that kills it is the children. Mm. Because while you know it's New Year's Day the next day and you have off of work, the little ones don't respect that at all. Care. So you go to bed at one o'clock, they're still getting up at six a.m. That's for damn sure. Martinis. I went the champagne. Not the. I got the, got the prosecco though. Not, I'm not. I'm not balling like that with the actual legit stuff. But hey, man, say a champagne is champagne. I always like my champagne with little orange juice in it though. Speaking Keep of that, yeah, good, good, good segue because I want to ask you. I want to yeah. test our friendship. See what type of person you are. Mm-hmm. Breakfast cocktail. Are you going with a mimosa or a bloody mary? Mimosa. Hundred mm. percent. I don't really mess with with bloody marys. But like that's why it works with me and the missus because she does. She likes the Bloody Mary. I like the mimosa. It's perfect for like the way that the table looks. Well, we know who the classier one in the relationship now is. Go out. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Love me a little little spicy Bloody Mary. But hey, we got a good show for you today. Oh, Christian, come on, my guy. He's See? he's, he's team it. mimosa. I like it. Um, but yeah, we got a good show for you guys today. College football playoffs. 
first round of them. I guess the semifinals kicked off yesterday. We have results of that. We have the championship game to look forward to and actually talk about how we think that's going to play out. And also other college football bowl games, a lot of opt-outs, a lot of controversy. FSU, we thought who they, we, they are who we thought they were. <laughs> I wish I had that sound for that. Um, also some NFL stuff, so lots of stuff to get to in the future. Really quick, though, I've been giving updates for the past three weeks now on the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Congratulations, Detroit Pistons. The streak is over. Twenty. They got to 20, 28 straight, I believe, losses in a row. They beat the Toronto Raptors, who were coming off a of back-to-back and had just traded away a, a start, several starting players. So I'll give, take, that, <laughs> we'll take the win with a grain of salt, but hey, you did it. Prior to, I mean, I don't know if we get a chance to, to wrap up you know, at the end of the show with, with NBA, but like I, Kyle Kuzma put out a tweet like the day before. It was just like, just don't be that team. And like right after that, it ended up being the Raptors, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Well, it's funny because I think someone had interviewed Cam Thomas of the Nets who had played them the previous two games. They played two games back to back, one in uh, Detroit and one in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And Cam Thomas flat out said like, we know and the players in the NBA know what's going on here. And no one wants to be the team to lose to <laughs> lose to the Pistons. Well, you saw. I I know we're going towards basketball, but you you texted me and said the Celtics are playing like it's the NBA Finals. Because like, yes. th- no matter what, whether they had JT out or not, you you can't be the so, team that lose. No, JT played that. JB game. was out. Play. Yeah. Oh, he was out. Okay. But he's still, like, you you can't be the leader if, of the NBA in record wise. If you are them. a Celtics fan and watch that Pistons Celtics game. You cannot tell me the Celtics did not play that game like it was game seven of the finals. I saw players diving on the floor for loose balls. Every player was so into every possession. It was insane. And it was just made me so happy to watch that losing streak. I'm sad it's at an end, Um, but it was a fun ride. It was a fun ride. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Let's talk some actual good sports and get to the college uh, football semifinals. All right, D, this is your realm, so you kick us off, no pun intended, wherever you want to go. So we know the uh, the game of the night, essentially, or game of the day, it's going to be Alabama versus Michigan. Um, I have my thoughts on it, obviously curious and, and anxious to hear how you think it played out. Uh, overall, I think it was, from what I saw, a really good first half. I didn't get a chance to see the tail end of the second half just because of timing-wise, but I did rewatch it earlier today, and I see that Bama had a... At one point, a seven-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Typically, that's like hook, line, and sinker. Wrap it up. It's done with Nick Saban. Like 16-0, something weird with a, a fourth-quarter lead or something like that. And for Michigan to, or you know, not just Michigan, but head coach Jim Harbaugh to be able to pull his team together. John, is it Jim or John? I believe like it's Jim. Up. Jim, okay. Jim <clears throat> Harbaugh pulled his team together. You know, J.J. McCarthy made some some timely throws. They got Blake Corm, which is an incredible running back. Reminds me very much so of, of Mike Hart. I'm not sure if you remember that name, but just like a very stout running back that just continuously ran for four to five yards per carry. Um, and some, some big plays on offense, some big plays on defense. Curious to hear your thoughts on the last play. I have my thoughts, but I want to see where you go with it first, and then I can obviously wrap it up for it. Well, first I want to start with just the last four minutes. I think they had a seven-point lead with about four minutes and change to go. Yep. and They, Mich- w- they went up by seven with four and a half left. Okay. Michigan 
kicked the hats, hats uh, off to them. Drove, drove the field, uh, got the touchdown tied up, and then they almost blew it because there was two possessions at the very end. I don't know if you saw it where Alabama punted to Michigan and the Michigan re- punt returner fumbled the ball. One, yep. Um, ball ended up. First of all, when I saw the punt returner, can I just? I know where you're going to go with this. Can I yes, just, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I saw that they were punting and I saw this lanky white guy and I'm like, oh, this must be the punter. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, no, wait, they're punting to Michigan. And I'm like, this guy should not be returning punts. Not at all. And of course, this poor guy muffed it. So I I saw it happen and I was like, like out of the corner of my eye and like in the middle of my like GBA game, I see that and I'm just like, you are taught in middle school. Heels at the 10. If it's over your head, let it go. And this motherfucker was like, oh, shit, I got to go back and try to catch it. He tries to catch it at, like, the four-yard line. And then, thankfully, Healy's gets it. But, like, that is – they got almost decked. handed that game over. That is the dumbest thing you could do as a punt returner is to back up into your own five and try to catch it. There, nothing good happens. Even if you catch it, like, you're at the five. So just let it go. You know what I'm saying? Also, before I don't want—I know you want to talk about the last play, but can you explain to me at all? Like, it doesn't make zero sense to me, football-wise. What was going on with the timeouts when they were trying to kneel the ball? Alabama yeah, called yeah. a timeout after kneeling the ball, trying to run out the clock on like the one-yard line, and then I just don't understand what they were doing. Maybe it's just wrong play call. Like they're just trying Maybe. to figure out to make sure that they have the alignment set up properly because you still have, even if you're taking a knee or whatever, trying to run the clock out, like you get a penalty, it's half the distance. Okay, so like Maybe. you get even closer to the end zone. Can't kneel it. So realignment is there's, there's a laundry list of things that so they could have been calling for. Back to your, your thing about the overtime. First of all, hats off to Michigan. Two plays is just boom, boom. Two running like plays. Nothing. Blake Corum. Here you go. Here's a 20-yard ripoff for a touchdown. And I want to b- circle back on that after we talked about the last play. When I watched it live, my first reaction was you had two timeouts and you call the quarterback sneak up the middle from the four with the game on the line because ideally, you want to have options. Like That's the biggest thing. You want to give yourself options in case option one doesn't work. You have two, three, four. And with a mobile quarterback, I'm thinking we're on a bootleg get them moving so you have a run option, a pass option, perfect. Now, after analyzing it and hearing people's thoughts on it and watching it back again, what seems to have happened was it was actually a run-pass option called where uh, Milrow could do either option. What happened was the snap was horrible. Um, timing was all thrown off, and by the time he got the ball and looked up, he had a defensive... It was a defensive end or a linebacker? Most likely a D-tackle. Okay, there was a... There was a a D whatever screaming at him, like running right down the line. So he panicked, he ran. If it went well, it probably would have worked because the pulling guard had a hole, but because of the bad snap and the fumbled grabbing of that snap, he panicked. I mean, it's his first year as a starting quarterback. It, it happens and it just kind of devolved the whole play. Yeah, the, the so Bama's had snap issues all season. It wasn't just that game. They took a bad they had a bad snap in the LSU game. I'm almost positive they had a bad snap in the Texas game at the beginning of the season. Like the, these things come back and they bite you in the ass. And what happened was, and I've I've heard it from a whole bunch of different quarterbacks that are analyzing this game. You snap it high, I can at least keep my head up and see what's going on. If it's the you see quarterbacks, they catch it like this, they catch it like that, they jump, and they can still get the handoff. You snap it low, I have to see where the ball's going. Exactly. He brings his head down. Now, by the time he looks up, football's like this. It's a second split decision for you to have to do something, and he sees a defender, and he literally forgot that he had a pulling guard 
that was screaming to the end zone. So for those that aren't familiar with the way that the play got set up, essentially you got your center in the middle of the field, your right tackle, excuse me, right guard, and your right uh, right tackle. The guy that was lined up to the right of the center pulls, and he's he's running basically like a, a fullback toss. And the left end for Bama, excuse me, for for Michigan, screams up the field, way out of position, which means if he caught if Milrow caught the ball cleanly, it is a touchdown. I know it is an RPO. He's got a chance to throw it, slant across the middle, or or a fade to the corner, or he runs it. He literally could have walked into the end zone if it were a clean snap because this, the guard pulled and was like, I have nobody to block. Yeah. And he's expecting the quarterback to be right there. And he's, you know, digging in the dirt to catch the ball. By the time he looks up, he's like, crap. And the word is panic. It's and I think 20-year-old kid in a potential national championship game. Yes, yeah, stuff like this is going to happen. Just to provide some clarification on, like you said, the left end was screaming down after the guard pulled. And the idea is like when you have when you're the quarterback, you can get out ahead of that that uh defensive player coming down and beat him to the spot and just mm-hmm. go. But because the snap was low, Jalen Moreau has to wait before he gets his his run towards the hole. Now you're just met before you get there. And that's kind of what happened. It just blew up because of the snap. The crazy part is, the, the, the I don't know the name. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson was the name last year. Everybody knew he was the guy out of Michigan. I don't know Michigan's D-lineman this year. But the, the D-lineman was so out of position that e- even after Milrow caught the ball and looked up, he was behind him. He still could have run to the outside. That's how wide open that lane was. But it was just as soon as it was a bad snap, play was over, unfortunately. Um, tough end to what I saw was an incredible game. But, you know, next year we know Bama's going to be back. Uh, I don't think the it, it expanding to a 12-team playoff, like kick Saban out, like the man's still going for his eighth national championship. So I, I think they'll be fine. Um, rumblings from, from Bama fans is like, we hope we can find a quarterback. It's like, I know you got to ride the wave, but I'm I'm annoyed when I hear people say things like that because I'm like, you know, seven weeks ago, you guys were riding high with them. Three weeks ago, he was talking about where's my Heisman. And I'm like, yo, shut up. You know, Jaden Daniels had a better season. But like this game, this decision may define this kid. And I, I hope it doesn't because, you know, he still had an incredible season. I said it from jump. He can't read his own defense um, in which. 16 for 23, 116 yards passing against the nation's top five defense. Like that shows that's really hard for him to play quarterback, but hopefully he just grows from it and he becomes a little bit better next year. On Milrow, I think if you're Alabama, you have a really positive outlook for next year because this is a guy who you, who followed, follow college football quite a bit, were shaky on Alabama. You were very shaky at the beginning of the season because you said, well, if you have two quarterbacks competing, you have none. And I think throughout the season, what he's done is he's progressed as a quarterback week in and week out and a whole offseason as that number one quarterback and a whole nother year under his belt. He's going to be a lot better. Um, I want to pivot a little bit and just kind of say this game is really almost like the passing of the torch in a way. Ooh. And I say that because when I think of Alabama and their dynast- dynastic run, right, where they were unstoppable, they did it because they had guys on the offensive and defensive line that were bigger, stronger, and faster, and they could just physically dominate you and run the ball. They didn't have to have the two. Uh, back in the day when they were winning championships, they had what, like Greg Mal- McElroy? McElroy and A.J. McCarron. Yeah, like game managers, and they could just beat you down. And Alabama is not does not seem to be that anymore. And 
on the other side, Michigan might be the team in the entire college football playoffs, the, the, the final four team, with the most dominant offensive and defensive line out there. And they beat Alabama not because they were had better skill positions, better quarterback, whatever. That offensive and defensive line the entire game dominated Alabama up front. Um, and that's just something that Alabama's not used to. That's usually their MO. I think... I mean, you might be onto something when you say changing of the guard. I hate bringing that up when it's like involving Nick Saban. Everybody knows I'm an LSU guy. I got my gear on. So like, I don't say I hate Bama as much as I like dislike the Patriots. Shout out to them. Uh, but it's one of those like it's the old, the bigger brother, right? They beat you. They just do. Bama beats LSU. So like I am sick of them. But I, I do see the field catching up to Bama. So changing of the guard, I would say that's more of. I'm not saying Georgia Alabama's done. Okay. I'm saying that the way Alabama used to used to dominate is not yeah. how they dominate anymore. That's how a team like Michigan dominates. The only team I could think of that has a better line is probably Georgia. Yeah. Well, the the big thing it's it's funny that you had mentioned um, you know, AJ and and uh random ass quarterbacks that they had, but like at that time they also had the most dominant running back. Bama hasn't really had a dominant running back. I want to say in a couple of years, like jo- Josh Jacobs, was it? I think he was the last really good one because they lost the kid that's in Detroit right now. Who's the running back for the Detroit Jameer Gibbs. Like he was kind of Bama, but not really Bama because he was a transfer. But like that run that Bama was on, they had Eddie Lacy ridiculous at that time in the, in college football, Trent Richardson, ridiculous. They had Mark Ingram, Smaller than the others, but still one of the best running backs in college football history. And oh, let me forget Derrick Henry. So, like, I think that was Bama football, run it down your throat. And because the SEC is spread now, the SEC has always been the last conference to find a quarterback. Now they're finding quarterbacks, which is when you get quarterbacks, you need to get receivers. When you get receivers, you get less play from your running back, right? So I just see that that recruiting area might be something that is, uh, I'd say, needs improvement, just to take some some pressure off of the quarterback because they, they don't have the athletes like they they don't got a Devonte Smith, right? They don't got a Jalen Waddle out there. There's not a wide receiver that I see as a top notch offensive player for Alabama, and that's different. That's not what we're used to. Um, do you think McCarthy is that that much better, like as a quarterback, than what Alabama has rolled out? Because I think McCarthy's fine, but. When you say like there's a you gotta find that quarterback, I don't really think there's like the, a huge benefit of having McCarthy. He's kind of a guy that he he's a good quarterback. No, it's not to, to to downplay him, but he's not winning them the game in Michigan. I think he's in a spot where he doesn't have to, and that's not saying that that's a bad thing. But he's got such a great team. The kid was able to throw at least for this season twenty eight hundred yards, twenty two touchdowns, four picks off of seventy four percent throwing. That's damn good. I don't care where you're at, you know, in that conference that they play in the Big Ten and taking out an SEC team like they've they've had some big wins this year. And I I wouldn't say his game isn't part of the reason why they win. It's just he's not going to go out there and, and win you a game. He will he can lose you one, which he hasn't done, but he doesn't necessarily need to go out there and spin it like he's the MVP of the team because they have a lot of weapons more so for the defense but they have decent weapons on offense. And then I was curious to Alabama, you know, they're not the Alabama, the number one school in the country by a mile like they used to be. But I think 
they're they're going to perennially still be a top, like a top six program in the nation. And I know that Alabama fans don't want to hear that, but I still think that's pretty damn good, especially this age of college football where there's so much. I don't know how to describe it. There's a transfer portal. There's NIL. There's a lot of ways to disperse talent. And I think just to be a one-loss, two-loss team in the SEC, always perennially going forward, be in the college football playoffs, I think that's a good thing to have. But I don't think Alabama fans want to hear that. Well, with the expansion next year, I think it still benefits them being a top 10 team. Right, like yeah. their Bama's mystique is going to get an at-large bid over a Liberty, right? Like especially after what happened this year, when Liberty got this this weekend, they got trounced by Oregon. Um, essentially, they, their their prestige, their historical background in the last 20, 25 years will keep them up there in the college football playoff rankings when when they get expanded to twelve next year. So I'm not worried about Bama by any means. I think if they need to take if they get that. St- if they want to take that step of winning another national championship, they got to find a quarterback. Hertz is gone. You know, Pillsbury Doughboy Mac is is gone, and two is gone, and the other conference, the other teams in that conference, adding Texas with with the Manning kid, and adding Oklahoma, who typically has good quarterbacks, they now become fourth, fifth best quarterback in the conference. And what we're seeing is usually the better quarterback is winning the games. And that's that's what it's coming down to. Well, Alabama better reach out to those boosters and get some more NIL money to get himself a quarterback in the future. A lot of bread being thrown out there. And from what um, who Matt Rule, Rule said it for the first time. I don't know if you caught wind of this, but Rule said it like three or four weeks ago. And he was just like, a good quarterback out of the transfer portal? Probably got to cost you $3 million. And everybody was like, whoa! You put a number to that, and it's like, yeah, you know, that's funny. That's just, yeah, nil, baby. That's that's what it is. And, and guess guess who Nebraska got out of the transfer portal? A good who did they go after? They got they stole a, a five star from what program? I think one of the bigger programs like Georgia. I think they stole Georgia's quarterback out of the transfer portal. No, okay, so it must have been the backup because Carson Beck. No, it was a guy that was debating between Nebraska and Georgia to transfer. Okay. He was a five star recruit, and he chose Nebraska over Georgia. So. That must be, he must have been paying $3 million for that, man. That's all I'm going to say. So, I mean, this is probably a good segue. For, I mean, do you want to go into the, the Washington-Texas game? I know that that's not as as exciting. I'll be honest. I was asleep by that time. I, I kicked no off. worries. I'll, I'll do a quick recap, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this whole opt-out NIL transfer portal shit. Um, so, a, a great game. Another great game, if you're able to watch the recap. Michael Penix Jr., quarterback for Washington versus Quinn Ewers, quarterback for Texas, who probably is done. I think he's done. I think he has to go to the NFL now, um, especially because he's got the Manning kid behind him. Came down to, again, another one possession, last possession of the game. I would say the biggest takeaway for me, although Texas did lose, Washington, kind of a Cinderella, right? Like UW, not really a team that you expect to be considered good year after year. But they got a kid named Michael Penix Jr. who can absolutely spin the ball and another 400-yard performance off of 75% passing. His throws are like Burrow-esque without Jamar and Jettas out there. Like, go back and watch him just drop it in the bucket, move athletically but not scramble, throw it, put it on a dot. Like, he's good, and I think... This game, this run, especially if he caps it off for the national championship, you see his career change when it comes to the NFL. I think he was fringe third, second rounder. You get a national championship and go up against 
Texas and then beat down on Michigan. Even if you be, don't beat them down, you go out there and throw for three, 400 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. And when it win a national championship, you see him creep into that area where like you beat out the Quinn Ewers or you beat out the JJ McCarthy's, the names that we've heard for the past two, three years. And you see this 24, 25 year old kid potentially get drafted in the first round. Do you want to ask me the question that you proposed to me pre-show about Penix? Yeah, so I don't know if I you know for those that are listening, please feel free to chime in too. So four or five years ago, it was no, not even 10, 15 years ago, it was a big issue of quarterback age. And I gave the example of Brandon Whedon, Oklahoma State quarterback that came in, and I think he was like 28 when he left for the draft. Really good quarterback in in, in college, but like his age affected his draft stock. And then you had Ryan Tannehill was another quarterback, much older, but he was like a wide receiver converted. And I think the most famous one was Jason White. Back-to-back national championships potential. I think he tore an ACL or something like that. He used to play for Oklahoma. He went undrafted because he was like 27, 28 years old. My question to you was, Michael Penix Jr., Washington quarterback, is 24 going on 25 when the draft comes along. Do you think teams would be like, "Eh, I don't know, I got to worry about his age nowadays compared to 15 years ago? Because these quarterbacks now can play until they're 38, 39, 40 years old because of the rules. I don't think that front offices shy away because they think about the full totality of a player's career, right? So they're not doing the math saying, oh, he has 13 years of playing left. Because in actuality, if you draft a quarterback, it's very rare that he's going to finish with your franchise and retire there. I think the hesitation is that Every player has potential, right? And the farther that you go along with your age, you start to reach that potential. So someone who's 20 or 21, this happens in the NBA all the time, the thought process is they have potentially so much more room to grow and we haven't seen their ceiling yet. By the time you get to be 23, 24 years old, you're probably at or close to that ceiling Mm -hmm. of what you're going to be. So people probably look at Penix like he's a very good quarterback, but um, you know, give me another name of someone that's in that range, the draft range. Uh, there's Penix. I mean, it's the people that are playing Quinn Ewers, J.J. McCarthy, um, the kid that plays for Ole Miss, Jackson Dart, I think okay, is another let's, name. Let's choose Jackson Dart. I don't know how old he is. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming he's, he's younger. Yeah. Well, Jackson Dart might be inferior right now a little bit. The thought process is, well, he's only 20 years old or 21 years old. He has a lot more room to develop as a physically develop, you know, playing the game of football and that his ceiling might be higher. So while it's it might not work out, he might not be as good as Penix, you're going for you're reaching for that upper echelon of potential. And that's kind of what especially a quarterback, like like we talk about all time NFL, your Kirk Cousins tier and your <laughs> your other. And while Penix could be a great Kirk Cousins quarterback. Maybe I'll roll the dice on someone else because I want that upper echelon quarterback. I think that's very true, especially with basketball, where a lot of GMs will say, if you're not 22 years old, there's still so much unfinished product, and we're just going to hold on to you just to see if you develop and take a leap. And I think that there's a big mark put on athletes when they get to a certain age where it's like, you're probably not going to get that much more better. And that's I don't think it's a thing about how long they're going to play, but rather how much more growth do they have in them. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that's a solid point that you made. I see it as the NFL right now, quarterback wise, is in a elite Kirk Cousins and shitty. 
Like there's no tweener that's like a elite and kind of Kirk Cousins. You just are, right? You're yeah. somebody that may put up stats but loses, or you're somebody that can't put up stats and continues to lose, or you're Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Like I'm trying to even think who would be the uh, that might even be it. Tell you the truth. Lamar Jackson, Joe, Joe Burrow, he's hurt. So mm-hmm. probably train of thought lost. But like, there's really no tweener. And I would look at it as, you know, a tw- sorry, I got to throw a shot at him. But like 22, 23-year-old Baker Mayfield or 25-year-old Penix. Well, here's when thing. I see When I see Penix perform much better or like, you, like Jackson Dart, Caleb, not Caleb, uh, DJ Uigalele, like all these okay mid names. Mm-hmm. When you got somebody that's proven that he's thrown seventy five percent passing, I think this year was like his worst. Like he's he used to, he was at like seventy six last year. Yeah, and I'm not arguing that you would take a younger guy that's already been in the league like Baker Mayfield because with him we've kind of seen who he is. It's mm-hmm. always about the unknown, right? Because like even if you think about, if you think about a trade, front office is always love draft picks why do because it's the unknown it could be could be the yeah. biggest lottery ticket and when you have a guy like baker who's been in the league for a long time you kind of know what it is i'm just comparing Penix to other potential draft prospects that might have a lot of unknown and i think Penix could be a great nfl quarterback i think it's dependent on the situation if you're the bucks and you have a roster that's built to win why not get a guy like Penix? but if you're mm-hmm. uh who would be in the market, like the Patriots where you need to like, no, honestly, sorry, Patriots fans. I'm I'm not taking a shot. I'm just being honest. Like if you're the Patriots and you don't have a chance to compete next year and you have to retool a lot of things, why would you draft a 24 year old who we kind of know where his ceiling is and he, he will help you win now, but like down the line, it's like, he's not going to get much better. If you're Mm -hmm. the Patriots, you're going to take a guy with the high upside that could be your lottery ticket to being a, having a top five quarterback. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I just wanted to hear your input on it because um, I think the kid, uh, he's talented. I I know you know I rep my my Saints. If he falls to the Saints, yeah, they are right there. If he so if he falls to New Orleans, for them. yes, be great for them because they're they're yeah, built to win now. Yeah, and I, I'd be completely happy with that. Yeah, that'd be good. I, I'm hoping that happens for you. I know we'll we'll be done with Texas, uh, Washington, but I'm curious. I think the answer is yes. College football committee, they got it right, right? Yeah. I mean, prime example that the two games were incredible. Um, I don't think I don't think we got the national championship that that they wanted. Um, I think you break records if it's Alabama, Texas. I 100% believe it's probably the highest grossing national championship in the history of sports uh, if it's Bama, Texas. But I think you still got a great matchup. I think you got um, the phrase that was used, an immovable object versus an unstoppable force. And that's the offense versus the defense, right? Like Washington, one of the best offenses in college football. Michigan, one of the best defenses in college football. Typically, defense wins championships, but like this quarterback is special. So th- this could be a, I hope it, it didn't turn out well for me on this one, but this could be a Texas USC type of game. Two really high profile, great teams go in and have an incredible game. I'll give you my prediction. You can give yours, then we could. You, I know you want to talk about opt outs and maybe talk about the debacle for Florida State, but I got to give it to Michigan. I just think they are 
the new like they're becoming the new age Alabama where it's not sexy. They don't have a lot of sexy names, but they're just so dominant in the line and the trenches that it's going to be really hard for Washington to give Penix time. I think they're going to be over him all day. I, they gave Milrow a hell of a time. I don't know how many sacks there were in the game, but I think they had five in the first half. I think it'd be really tough for Penix to just get into rhythm, get timing. I like Michigan in this one just because of their sheer power. So I'm going to bet with my, I'm not going to bet, but like I'm going to take this game with my heart versus my head. And the reason why I'm going with Washington, a, I want to see, I want to see Penix Jr. Win, but I, if Washington didn't play Oregon twice this year, I think I would have a different um, opinion for it, but them beating Oregon twice, once on the road, Oregon's offensive line and defensive line, they're big. Them boys were just as big. I won't say as good as Michigan, but they were good. They were stout on offense. They were stout on defense. And we saw um, we saw Penix put up 34 in the in the second game and 36 in the first on the road against Oregon at Outson Stadium. So, like, I think this is the game that Michigan plays 30-34, and then Penix Jr. gets the ball like a Deshaun Watson at Clemson, drives him down the field, and you see him win at 37-34. Do you feel is that your official pick, Washington? Do you feel good about that pick? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Washington. Do you want to place a little bet on it since we went to opposite side? Yeah, absolutely. All right, for the show, we'll place a bet: Washington versus Michigan. The loser has to wear a ridiculous costume on the show next week. Costume? I was gonna say push-ups, but I'll try to find something. Just something ridiculous. I have a green. Man. I make it seem like we're gonna lose, but like <laughs> I'll try. I'll I'll go ahead and look for something. I got a green man suit in, in the other room, and I will wear that for the whole podcast episode if. Washington pulls off the the upset. All right. I like it. Um, do you want to talk on any other college football stuff? I know you said opt-outs uh, is a big thing for you. Yeah. I mean, just, a, I guess, a quick recap um, so we can put a bow on it. But, like, college football has to do something about it. Um, I don't know who's considered, like, the leader of it or whatnot, if that's the phrase. But, like, these opt-outs just, they kill the bowl season post-college football playoff, right? Um, what we saw, excuse me, Florida State versus Georgia was an embarrassment. Now, granted, I know the exact number was like 27 opt-outs for Georgia, 27 opt-outs for Florida State. And people were like, well, like Georgia doesn't have, you know, their starters, blah, blah, blah. They just got like redshirt freshmen. It's like, well, then Florida State should also. And if they, if that's what you're going to go with, I didn't see Brock, uh, Brock Bowers out there. I didn't see Carson Beck out there. So you should have, you should be able to, if you're a five-star team playing for a potential or should have been in the national championship, that's your game to show the committee you messed up. We have the ability to actually be in this, in this playoff. And they didn't, they, they got their ass whooped blunt. Like it was just not fun to watch that game. I walked into the bar and saw the score. I was like, what the, like it caught me off guard. That was a video game. So opt-outs are annoying. Um, the NIL, it's, it's, hear me out when I say this is good for the players. I think it's miserable for transfers. We are seeing transfers like in season, like players cleaning out their lockers before games to be like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm heading out to Ohio state. And it's just like, we're not seeing kids go through the freshman sophomore year, win their spot and then play. I know that's traditional and whatnot. But like DJ, I use his name because now he's on like his sixth team. DJ Uigalele started in Clemson, couldn't play in Clemson. So he went to like Oregon State 
couldn't play in Oregon State. Now he's headed to like yeah, Florida State now. Florida State. Yeah. And it's like in three seasons, like the man's played for four different colleges and done nothing. So it'd be fun to see them bring back the one year sit if you transfer, because then maybe, you know, you don't have these these players do this. So like, you know, someone from Texas is like, oh, I, you know, want to knock on wood. Arch Manning tweaks his knee. He gets a shot and he plays for Texas. Not he transfers out because he doesn't think he's going to play and he goes to Washington State. And it's like, all right, brother, you'll never be heard of again because of that. Yeah, you got your bread, but like, are you in it to win or are you just in it for the money? And if that's the case, you know what I mean? I, I said it's going to change the landscape and it, it clearly is when it comes to five star, four stars that don't get PT and just want to jump ship. Why are you so upset about it, though, is what my question is. Because that game was bullshit. I think it was dumb to see all these opt-outs and transfers that were okay. not going to play in that game. And that's not... Let me ask you that, this. that was the... the was the Orange Bowl? Let me get the exact. Yeah, it's it was the Capital One Orange Bowl. One of the four most prestigious bowls. The Orange Fiesta, to, uh, the Sugar Bowl, and the Rose Bowl. One of the most prestigious bowls they have... And it was sixty three to three. So your like, your objection is mostly with just the bowl games, not like transferring, like after the season. It all goes together. Games. Well, I, I'm I don't care if the players want to transfer wherever they want. Like it's it's a free country, man. Like if you want to go play somewhere else, go for it. Like you, this should be your prerogative. If I go in, if, if I'm a student in a university and I don't like it, I can leave the next year and go somewhere else. Like that's my prerogative. The coaches can do it. The coaches are going to pay a hell of a lot more than the players, which is zero. And I'm not going to hold the players Lies. to higher. Well, they get paid on yeah. the books, like from yeah. the school. I'm not going to hold the players to a higher standard. As far as the as far as the bowl games are concerned, it's like, why why are you playing a season D? Like, what is your goal if you're going to Georgia? If you're going to Florida State, what is your goal? Like, what are your your goals like on the board? Your ultimate goals? I'm gonna, I would national say national championship, win the conference, yep. conference champion. Your goal is never to win the fucking cheese it Fiesta Bowl presented by State Farm, brought to you by Progressive. Like that, that's not what this is about. And I think the problem is that people are realizing these bowl games don't mean shit. Like they don't mean anything. You don't. You get you get some cool stuff. You get to eat a pop tart. So they had a pop tart. They players ate when they won. That was cool. Great. Congratulations. But they don't mean anything. And you're you're being asked to go out there and put your body on the line, potentially get injured and not play next season, or if you're going to transfer, get hurt so you then cannot compete for a job next year. The problem is that there's so much damn money wrapped up in this thing mm. that we can't just kill these bowl games that don't mean shit. And we are That's forced to still do it. And the problem also is that I don't care who's playing in these bowl games, people still tune in. So the money's still flowing. They're not going to stop these meaningless bowl games. And the players are like, well, what for? Why are we doing this? People are are not opting out of the national like the semifinals and championship game because it means something. That's why they were there. Players that are five star, four stars don't go to play college football just to play in a fiesta bowl. They want to win a championship. So if that goal is taken away, for what? Then what am I doing here? It doesn't make any sense. To an extent, but you're speaking about a top two, top three finisher in their conference. South Florida and Syracuse, who can scrape together six, seven wins to become bowl eligible, they don't have 27 people opting out because it's an extra game that they get to play for those seniors. I know I'm very traditionalist with this, but it's for those seniors, another chance to play one last game before you probably don't ever play again. 
So like I I look more on that side. Yeah, if you scroll down to like the the people that feel like they you know they just missed the cut or we should have been there. That was our game that we should have been in. Yeah, but you didn't see opt outs for Tennessee Iowa. You didn't see opt outs for LSU Wisconsin. You see people that like they weren't going to play because of injury. Like obviously Jaden Daniels, a potential number one draft pick, isn't isn't going to play. But I see Malik Neighbors out there. I've seen Brian Tom- Brian Thomas third. I like I I seen their star players. Big shouts in this Meyer. I think he's gonna be the real deal next year. But like I seen I seen players play in that game. And when you have and this was a twelve o'clock kickoff game on a Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Like they could have easily just been like nah. But to put out a blockbuster game. Not when I say blockbuster, I mean prime time game Saturday night. That was your flagship game on ESPN and. 50% of the team is missing from both sides. I have a solution. I have a solution to fix all oh, of this. I have my magic solution. I'm going to put on my commissioner hat. What's the wand? Yeah, go ahead. You know, you just said Saturday night primetime ESPN. You know, you know, no, no, that that money, that game is going for so much money. ESPN's making a boatload on it. Dude, we just saw with the NBA, the in-season tournament, a million, I'm not saying give the players a million dollars, but like, Oh yeah, they, the NBA players are getting five hundred thousand dollars, which means not a lot to like LeBron James. They played their ass off to win that money. Just throw like five thousand dollars a player on the line. You I know, would. People will out- be so for that. People you have opt no in. idea how you don't understand. Quickly. And here's the thing: five thousand dollars for the winning team, two thousand dollars for all the players and losing team. I want to win that game. That's three thousand dollars in my pocket as a college kid. Let's go! And you know what? They're making so much money off these games; they can afford it. I know, but they never will because they're like, we don't want play play pay the players. But guess what? You want the ball games to mean something. Put something on the line. Put your money where your mouth is. NCAA. See, I'm glad we have these types of conversations because even somebody that's as old school as I am, I can agree with you on that one. You put some bread on the line. I'm telling you, these kids that play in the, um, you know. Big shouts to those at the Bad Boys Mowers Pinstripe Bowl um, where Rutgers beat the brakes off of Miami. Um, big shout to J.A. for that one. But yeah, if you got if you got people for Rutgers Amen. that take home an extra five stacks, you know, compared to, you know, the, the As kids. As a college that kid, the that's like booze money yeah. for the year. Let's that's go. a hell of a year. I'll tell you that. Five grand? Hell yeah. Like. Piscataway, New Jersey, they got shit up there. So you might as well pull back. And then you, money. I mean, obviously like your... Uh, Shitty bowl with two six and six teams. You know, you get two hundred bucks a player. Like, you, you, but you go up progressively as as the bowls become more uh, meaningful. It's it's an easy solution. Just so, so you're talking about if they get if they get invited to the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl, they get a, a Burger King meal. But if they go to the yes. the Tax Act Texas Bowl, they can get you know a Bentley. That's what you're saying. Yes, they can, they, they can put down oh, money on a Bentley. D- okay, uh, we're we're even rolling now. All right, not only are you getting money. But if you're the MVP of the game of the big ones, we're going to give you a Rolls Royce or like oh, a Mercedes. A we're gonna, the MVP car. gets a car and he drives off the field. I love it. Let's do it. Definitely going off of the Richter scale with this one. But did you see that the AD for Oregon gave everybody on the university trucks? That's like amazing. F-150s. That's ridiculous. Amazing. Yeah. That has to but he's also the role. athletic director for Nike. So like, oh, you mean Phil it. Knight? Yeah. yeah. So like, just everybody on the team got F one fifties. I was like, "What the hell is this?" This is why Oregon. I wish I was in college right now for this type of stuff. This is why Oregon's good, man. This is why let's let's segue away from college football. It's been a fun segment. Looking forward to the championship game. We'll definitely be back to recap next next week. I wanted to do the NFL next, but I I feel like because of time, we're gonna get to the NFL. But I want to break it up with some versus five. Are you ready? Yeah, let's get it. 
prepare yourselves for the greatest and most unique segment in podcast history. Let's rank some stuff with D. It's time for Frizz's Five. Woo! That's right. It's not Frizz's Five. It's Trudeau's Five. Oh. You gotta just say Grizz's Five. This is Grizz's Five. Great, Adam. And special guest of the Look show, the Adam timing. Adam Houghton, joining for the top five list. How's it going, guys? It's good to see your face, buddy. I'm about to give a top five. Are you ready? You can judge it. You can give me some input on this, all right? Sure. You missed all the college football stuff, but it's cool. We'll talk NFL next, okay? Yeah. All right. My top five week this uh, list this week. I was thinking of... I, I'm in a like sour mood, so I'm gonna go with some really negativity. Start off the New oh, Year's. Negativity. Always negativity. I came up with the top five types of people that I don't fuck with, and I mean that in like not that I want to fight or whatever, or don't want to literally have sex with. No, I mean like if you were this type of person, probably don't want to be your friend. And I'm sorry, D, uh, Adam, if you fall into this list, send us anywhere here. I apologize. I still love you, buddy. He's just calling him out for it. <laughs> special guest referee, a special guest we got here, Adam Houghton, man. Appreciate you being here. All right. I have two OLIs, two outside looking in, honorable okay. mentions. Number one honorable mention of people that I'm just like, yeah, I'm good with you. People who are dominant talkers. Oh, wrong one. And what I mean by that is you ever meet people who you have a conversation with them and you're not talking with them. They just talk at you. And they just, they don't care about what you want to say. They just, they will talk to you for 20 minutes straight and just, that's the conversation. They're like, all right, see you later. Yeah, I, I can follow along with you for this one. <laughs> Why is that Adam Houghton that type of person? No, not at all. I, I'd love to get his feedback. But yes, I do know a couple of people that if you just try to start a conversation, you have no, you don't have the ability to input more on the story that or a conversation that you're having. You just have to sit back and listen. Like, all right, I guess he's driving the train on this one. All right, my second honorable mention, people who use natural remedies instead of actual medicine. <laughs> All right, I know somebody like that. <laughs> if, you're, if you're like, I got a headache, I'm going to take some fucking, eat some grass with some dandelion. Nah, dog. <laughs> we can't be friends. Okay, I like it. Yeah. yeah okay. All right, now this is the top five. Here we go, the actual list. The actual list. Number five. If you got a big ass truck, but you don't haul shit, don't want to be your friend. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I'm a big yeah. fan of that. Why, 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 why do you need it? I just feel men, like you got. Men go ahead, are function only. If you got that big ass truck, you're not doing shit with it. I feel like you're a little insecure as a person. I'm, I'm not rocking with you. Number four, people who have to have an opinion on everything. Okay, I like that Pretty too. Pretty self-explanatory. You're just probably not a fun person. Number three, people who just who repost things or like find repostings on like Twitter or Facebook and just they don't look into like the validity of anything. It's just it's now fact. Like I saw that. That shit's real. Social media definitely has some issues. So yeah, I could be, I can agree with you on that one. I don't even, so there's a cool non follow option where like you could just hit people that do that. You could just unfollow them. You don't unfriend them. You just don't see them reposting dumb shit. So you could do that. It's pretty cool. All right. Oh, I actually, I one thing on that. I actually like to follow 
people that are on the extremes so that I know, like I, I, I follow people that are super left-leaning or, or just crazy. I don't want to get political here. It's a sports show and super right leaning. And you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm not even going to get into the details, but I like to see how crazy they're getting on each side. Just so I know, just so I know, you know, I mean, where I stand on things. <laughs> and then I can be like, all right, well, I'm not as bad as him. <laughs> it, just so, so, Maybe it just makes me feel better about myself. I was going to say, I like it. you're like, I did some fucked up shit, but this guy is real fucked up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I love it. Oh, where was I? Uh, number two, two, people who just have to like shit on someone, like they, they just say shit about people. For no fucking reason. So like you'll be with this person and be like, look at this fucking fat fuck over there. Ah, and just like, what for? Why what are we doing mean? this? Yeah. What are we doing? Adam looks uncomfortable right now. <laughs> no, no. Ten years ago, I I, I, I loved that. that <laughs> I, I love doing that. <laughs> Why not? Now I have a little bit more understanding. <laughs> But crazy. that was fun that used to be <laughs> people watching was his favorite like hobby uh i just want to watch and watch people now <laughs> uh number one where's my drum roll people who when they just don't like something they just call it woke Don't want anything to do with you, man. <laughs> like, why? Do, what's wrong? Why don't you like it? It's fucking woke. Okay. <laughs> good talk. See you later. That's a good list. That's a good number one to have. I'm with you on that. I'm kind of over that word, too. Not the meaning behind it, but just like people, people using that word. Just for no reason. It's thrown out there so much. I'm just like, all right, really. Like, all he said was, I think two plus two is four. So, yeah, but he thinks he's woke. It's like, <laughs> all right. That's that woke math. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what you're, you're trying to relate it to. Um, I got one that you kind of left off the list as like a big, I won't say like a non, like like a defriender, but I'm just like, all right, that's this this is probably the end of this like conversation. Uh, one uppers. Oh People yeah. That, that like if you sneeze, you know, I, I always use this example, but like if you sneeze and then like out of left field, so I'm like, oh, I had a sneeze that you know hurt my back like ten years ago. It was crazy. I'd be like. All right, bro. That's that's cool. I was just saying I, I sneezed. That's all. Like, but like somebody that's got to have a better story than yours based off of you doing something. Like, yo, I, I kicked the football twenty yards. Yeah, I remember I kicked the football forty yards. <laughs> all right, bro. I was just trying to tell you I kicked the football twenty <laughs> yards, man. Like, cool. Like that. Those those are like. If there was a pet peeve, it'd definitely be one of them. I feel like that falls in the same categories of people who just want to talk to talk to you and not talk with you. Probably go with that it's one. Very self absorbed. <laughs> Adam, did you have a? Did you think of a top five list you wanted to do or no? Um, I did, and this you could probably this is yes. This is hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm grabbing a notebook like I actually wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you the proper intro. Here we go. Here we go. Wait, 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 wait. Prepare yourselves for the greatest and most unique segment in podcast history. Let's rank some stuff with Adam. It's time for free Adams. Okay. My top five emotional sports moments. Ooh. Oh, very personal. And 
I mean, like either during or just after or just before the game mm. type of thing. Um, like, I got a few that come in mind, and I even <clears throat> I was just kind of com- coming up with these. I, I had a few in my head. I know, like, they're top two. But um, so maybe I need a little bit. Of, this would be a little. <laughs> so it's a top five, but you have two. Man doesn't even have the rest of it. Just two of them. Yeah, but I got, I got, yeah. So ones that pop into my head. All right. Um, for some reason, and this is probably I'm a little biased. I'll number five. When the Celtics won in 2008, and Garnett. Was like anything is possible. Anything is possible. Um, that was like all from the heart. You could tell he was just living in the moment. That's a good one. And I was just like, okay, that was pretty awesome. Um, okay. And then I'm going to need you guys' help with, I think, three and four <laughs> because I have a feeling, and maybe this is just all because we're dads, but there were some like, Dad was watch. Dad was there or playing in the same tournament as like I think like wasn't there a Brett Favre dad game? When his, his dad, dad died. Oh yes, yes, his, dad passed. His dad died. Brett, and then yeah. there was there a Tiger Woods dad game? Um, where I think he won the Masters for the first time after his dad passed away. Yes, yes. So like, t- like I, mm. I don't know. For some reason, those sit pretty high with me. I don't know which one you'd rank. I'd probably just say. I, I feel like these the list is top five emotionally charged sports moments. I mean, I got my number one, so I, I like the list so far. I, I think you could probably swap those three and four. You go back and forth. Tiger Woods is a big, bigger icon. Yeah, I, um, that was also over a course of four days. So like anticipation leading up to his, him winning and yeah. sinking the last putt. And top two. My man Tom Brady. <laughs> just just Tom Brady. Just Tom Brady. <laughs> His mom had cancer. Okay. Now we can't laugh anymore. You know what I mean? Like came back that yeah, you know what? And it's bad. I, hope, I don't even know. Is that you know which which Super Bowl was that? Was that the that, that was, was the Seattle, Cowboys. wasn't it? Oh, was oh, the Seattle. Yeah. They didn't they wear the uh the MLK Martha, <laughs> no, that's, that's Martin Luther King, buddy. No, but that her mother, nine. okay, but her, the, her mother, his mother's, oh, it's Kraft. Sorry, Kraft's initials for his wife yeah. was Martha Kraft, yes. right? I think her middle name yeah. was like Lorraine or something like that. Not Martin Luther King, cut it out with that. <laughs> you said MLK. Well, I know there was three initials, okay, and it was M and K at the end. We'll, we'll say that. All right, so we have it wasn't that year, though. I think it was the because I was hoping they would win it that year too, it was 2009 when they lost. They lost that year because, um, but um, I think that was like the fourth and three year when they lost to the Colts. Um, but um, so, and I think I think no, I think that was the Falcons year that we they came back to beat the Falcons, right? Biggest comeback in Super Bowl history, uh-huh. and do it for your mom, man, for your mom. That, yeah, that was yeah, that was the Falcons. So the Patriots Falcons, um, right? Best to ever do it. Comes back in the biggest stage and wins it, just overcoming everything. Okay. Um, my top 
Number one, Dale Earnhardt dying. <laughs> just um, dying. Just, just passing away. <laughs> that was huge. Well, that, like, that race itself. The Daytona 500, the mm-hmm. Super Bowl of NASCAR. You're one of your top icons, maybe second, maybe second to Richard Petty, dies in the last lap of that's like Tom that's, Brady dying in the last pl- play of the Super Bowl. From I can see whether being well. emotionally detached to I it. Cried. I, I cried. I was blowing my eyes out. It was 2001. But I was, it was, for me, it was emotionally charged. And for everyone in the sport, it was on the biggest stage. So uh, I hate to end it with a downer. I got you. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll make it better. I got a couple uppers. Yeah. I'll make it right Oh, yeah. One. Upper me up. That make it feel better at least? Yeah. Okay. So. Did you have one, D? Yeah, I mean, I'll only just do one. I could obviously go over all championships, but I think a, a 2010, the the Super Bowl that the Saints won. It's not so much a Super you know, The game was yeah, the game was great. Um, obviously Breeze with his kid and the and the confetti coming down. But the the moment that like I was emotionally attached to the game and like I'm pretty sure I either I, I most likely teared up. I don't know if I cried, but I teared up. Was Tracy Porter's pick six? And the fact that he jumped the route against Reggie Wayne, Peyton Manning threw a terrible pass, and he had already picked picked off Brett Favre the game before, and he was a, a no-name corner. And just to see that hitch, him fly off of the corner, pick it off, and then like I'm getting goosebumps right now when he cut inside and did the point pointing to the end zone. Like I lost it in the house. It was just like, oh my fucking god, this is happening. So, like, I think if there was a moment that I was emotional more than any LSU national championship, like more than any Lakers championship that I was able to watch, that that Tracy Porter pick six, I was probably the most emotionally invested I'd ever been in sports because it, it was just it was perfect a perfect way to win a Super Bowl. Right after Katrina, too. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Two years, but yes. I got no I got no emotional stuff. I obviously just brought angry, grumpy lists, so I'm not I'm not vibing with the happy stuff. So let's transition to some NFL. All right, cool. I go with a one upper uh, well not okay. one. <laughs> there you go. an additional Saints one. Okay. <clears throat> first game after Kat- Katrina happened. Yes. First game after the Steve Gleason, Steve Gleason block, block mm-hmm. against the Falcons. That yeah. crowd went nuts. The Superdome oh. was the loudest it had ever been. And yeah. they, they came out, you know, I think it was, um, it's like, I think it might've been Reggie Bush carrying the, 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 the bat out. Just like, look, we're here. Like the, we're, we're back. And then that block, it was just like, Oh my God. So for him to pick it up, you know, big shouts to, to Steve, obviously. Um, but yes, that, that crowd, that atmosphere when it happened was bananas. So yes, I would say that's a good one. Big NFL week. D kick us off, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I mean, do you want me to just rip off where we should start? or Yeah, or wherever you want to start. Did you want to start with Russell, Russell Wilson? Did you want to start with something else? Uh, I mean, I feel like Broncos country, we can give it a rest to like when we're about to wrap up. I think we saw a huge statement for a team that I think Houghton actually semi used to root for post the um, the Patriots. I know these, I think he's a bit of a Ravens fan uh, because of family, but it was good to see. Lamar do Lamar things. This show has always been pro Lamar Jackson and for back-to-back weeks, see him absolutely blitz the 49ers 
and then put up an an ass kicking against the the Dolphins. Now, again, the way that he responded in the win against the 49ers set up for them to win against the Dolphins. And a reporter asked him, "Was like, this is great. You guys should most likely be like heads of the table, Super Bowl contenders and whatnot. And he's like, I don't, I don't care about any of that. We've been ranked first going into the postseason before, and we've lost. I've won MVPs, and we've lost. We're not thinking about any of that besides beating Miami next week. And boy, did they go out there and beat Miami next week. They put a beat down on them. So he is riding high, throwing the ball. That pass that he made to Beckham on the sideline was Now, granted, Beckham made a hell of a catch. But to still put the ball in the spot that he did, Lamar is on another level right now. So I think we saw a huge stranglehold on who is the most dominant team in the NFL, uh, that being the Ravens. And... Not to say that the Dolphins like kick back and then become like a, a not a chance type of team, but like another really good team that they folded up against. And we see that their record against sub, excuse me, good post 500 teams is not good. And that's what's going to happen in the playoffs, right? You're like, you're going to play all winning teams. So hopefully they get out of that first round. I know they'll be hosting a game and they, they, they've locked up a playoff berth, but they still haven't even wrapped up the division. So like they got to play for their life, obviously, when it comes to week 18. Yeah, I'm going to get real quick and I'll let Adam jump in after that. But to me, like, it's just such a weird season because I cannot think of a season where there were two teams in the head of each conference that are so head and shoulders dominant. And you can take your shots at the 49ers, but everyone below them, when we saw the Eagles this week, again, I, I've been calling them frauds. They're frauds. They're ain't, they ain't yeah. good. They ain't that team. They just lost to the Cardinals. And AFC, same thing with, with, uh, with the competition for the Ravens. Chiefs ain't that team anymore. Dolphins, they just whoop, whoop their asses, and maybe the Bills surging. But to me, man, this is crazy to think like we might easily have a cakewalk to Ravens 49ers. Yeah, hold what are your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I, well, one, yeah, Ravens are head and shoulders above the rest of the league, uh, and I love it. I, I just, I've always loved the Ravens' attitude every season. Harbaugh really knows how to make them fearless and focus. Um, and they play yeah, tough football, and it, it, it's really nice to see. And Lamar is just awesome. He's uh, doing his thing and uh, coming off in, an injury season. And, oh, it's awesome to see. And he's so real the way he talks, like, like to reporters. He's just like, <laughs> like, it's all raw. He doesn't, he's unfiltered, and it's cool to see some, you know, raw emotion in, in, in sports. And, um, but, no, I think they're, I think they're definitely my favorite. Uh, but uh, it, I, I, don't, I have a feeling just the way the NFL is nowadays, it's not going to be easy for anybody. Can I steal, uh, the, steal the ball, D, and go uh, go ahead. somewhere else with the, another NFL thing that I want to bring up? I was going to save it for the end, but I have a couple things, and I don't sure. want to eat up all our time. See what happened with David Tepper in the Panthers? The Panthers owner? D, D, uh, Adam's shaking his head. You don't uh, yeah, yeah. Adam, why don't you fill him in what happened with Tepper? <laughs> An asshole. <laughs> oh, is this a kid? Is this a family friendly show? Um, <laughs> no, he, no, not really. <laughs> that's perfect. He threw, he threw a beer. Oh yes, the, out the, the window. Jags fan. At least it was a Jaguars fan. <laughs> At first, I thought it was one of his own fans. <laughs> I did see that. I did. I I didn't put name to face on that. That was him. But yes, I I did see him say something throw his cup of water or whatever drink liquid it was. It's a fan that was staring at him in the in the in the press box or whatever booth he was in. Dumb 
bad organization living down here you can just hear it on the news you can see it it's um it's not good at all and i think i think bryce is in for a, a terrible next four years because of it feel bad for him um, but you can go on with anything else you wanted to talk about about them there's nothing to talk about that team with no i just want to say like it's it's crazy because let, let me just you guys imagine this imagine it wasn't david tepper the owner who threw a beer on a fan Jerry Jones. Imagine if it was Bryce Young or oh, yeah. um, uh, who's here? Brian Burns, the defensive end. If he got pissed off at a fan during the game and chucked a beer at a fan's face, what would happen to that man? Probably he suspended. Massacred online. Yep. <laughs> Possibly. I like how you called <laughs> Tepper's a fucking asshole. But the, the owner, the guy who's the top of your organization who's supposed to represent the right way. You know what I mean? You're supposed to work from the top down. It's supposed to be leadership, throwing beers on fans that are heckling you. The man gets fined $30,000. That's it. The man Nothing. bought the team for like $4 billion. This is a slap on the wrist. I feel like if anything, this man should be held to higher standards and I don't know, be like, you're not allowed to go any more games the rest of the year or something. Like it's just, it's just unacceptable. I mean, it's never going to be like that. Um, we saw the commander's owner. Uh, what was his, what was the kids? What was the guy's name? Um, before he got fired, you mean uh the guy who was like doing these weird sex everything. parties with uh, the yeah, cheerleaders yeah. and stuff? Everything yeah. I can't even remember his name. His old uh the old owner, Dan Schneider. Schneider, yes, we saw oh, Schneider man. do terrible things as an owner and a person for years, like ten years. We we see Jim Ursay get DUIs on the regular. And then just show up for the next game like it's nothing. Bro, you remember if a player, you know, pisses in a cup and it comes back positive, like he's kicked out of the league for six years. It's just not. It's never going to be the same standard. You remember Snyder got all that and all that controversy and caught up, and then the one who got in trouble is John Gruden for racism. <laughs> yeah, after all just that, someone to because it's easier to fire a coach than it is to find someone to buy a franchise. Like it's it's literally that simple. Um, yeah. Just to be straightforward, but like you can, Gruden is replaceable. Not everybody's got. You just said he bought it for two billion dollars. I wouldn't be surprised if their, if their tag is you know three four billion dollars, right? Like it's not easy to just find someone off the street that want that wants to buy an organization like that. So you can't fire. You can't get rid of them. Um, club. Go ahead. Dude. It's a club. 30, Thirty-two. Oh really yeah, thirty. Thirty-two in the world. Thirty-two of the most powerful men in the entire world are are owners for the NFL. I just wanted to give a shout out to Joe Flacco, by the way. Let's go. Give no, us flowers. Yeah. Give a round yeah. of applause for this one. I I want nothing more. And I'm rooting for the 49ers this year, but I want nothing more than Joe Flacco to win a Super Bowl with the Browns right now. It's amazing. I, do, I don't want that matchup. I what? want I'm, as much as I want the Ravens to win. I do not want the Browns to play the Ravens because Joe Flacco <laughs> will go out there and beat him. He, he will 100% go out there and beat the Ravens with the way that he's playing in. Um, this is a big shout to your guy, you know, Brady. Brady said it on a podcast or some type of interview that like quarterbacks nowadays are dumb. They don't know how to read defenses. They don't know how to make shit just happen. They rely on a lot of athleticism. Flacco isn't athletic. The man's got a big arm. Someone put out a post and was like, he used to practice against Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, and Ed Reed. He used to play against Jerome Harrison, uh, Troy Polamalu, James, yeah, James Harrison, 
Troy Polamalu and like Ryan Clark twice a year. And you don't think he's built for this and nowadays football. And it's like, he is like he, I'm not saying he's Brady, right? But like he can go out there and spin the ball for 400 because he has no cares. He literally is just there to get paid. And he knows how to read defenses better than these 25, 26, 27 year old defensive coordinators that put out shit defenses that Baker Mayfield, sorry to throw shade at him, but like, he's always going to be my go-to, but like Baker Mayfield can't read. But like Flacco can because he's been to a Super Bowl and he's just out there playing football, playing pitch and catch with like Elijah Moore, like not even Elijah Moore, but like random ass wide receiver. They didn't even have Amari Cooper last week. And he's still through 400. Like it's ridiculous. Adam, I just before we get out, I, I have to ask you as a Patriots fan, how are you feel about the season? Are you like pro them winning with Zappy? Because I've I feel like we've heard a lot of Patriots fan bitching about them actually winning now. Mm, good question. It's been tough. <clears throat> it's been tough. Um, still diehard Patriots fan. Um, <clears throat> absolutely, till I die. But man, it's just, it's just they're we're just like everyone else now. Somebody told me that. Yeah, you're welcome to the NFL. You're just like everyone else. Brady's gone. Um, I think Belichick's still a great coach. Um, he still uh, he still is a great coach. GM. You could, you know, he's had his issues, but, um, but, you know, I, I still, uh, I still, you know, trust Bill. I do. Um, but yeah, his personnel decisions are questionable. You can't, you can't ignore that, but, but yeah, you know, just stick with him and hope. No, Zappy's not the answer. He's not the, no, we, we got to find somebody, but we got it, but it doesn't really matter who we find. Because you're not going to find another Brady. You got to get your offensive line together, somebody that can give somebody some time to throw, and then maybe actually get some guys that can catch the ball <laughs> and get open. Um, you, know, so, okay. you need an offensive line, then you need to get a receiver, and you need to get a quarterback, and then you need to get a defense. It seems like you get some work right, well, to do. The, the defense is balling out. Yeah, they're you, doing all right. You can't deny that. Defense is doing their thing, and it would help if they had a little bit more. Uh, uh, more of an offense to to help them. Out. Are you buying all the rumors that Bill's done after the season with the Patriots? Ah, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Um, but if it if it if it happens, it is what it is. We had a good run. I'm sure if he gets fired, there will be a lot of people calling mm-hmm. his cell phone the next day looking for a, a new head coach. Big facts, absolutely. The Chargers, yeah, the the Chargers will call him before he takes a step out of his office. Like as soon as he unlocks the door for Robert Kraft to be like, "All right, guys, I'm gonna go settle down in the Cape." As soon as he turns the knob, his phone will ring and it'll be the Chargers calling. I feel like I know what you're gonna answer this, guys, but I know this week there's been a lot of rumors swirling about Jim Harbaugh potentially leaving Michigan, especially because there's a lot of there's a lot of potential. What am I thinking of? Like violations coming down the pipeline with the cheating Mm -hmm. scandal. So there's a lot of rumors that he's going to be potentially leaving Michigan this year. And they asked him a question in an interview about that. They did, he did nothing to quell the rumors. He pretty much was just like, ha ha, yeah. Ha, 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 ha. So my question is you, to you guys is, if you're looking for a head coach, are you hiring Jim Harbaugh or Bill Belichick? Ooh. If you're the Chargers, let's say you're the Chargers. Who are you, who are you if you get both guys, they, they're interested in the job, who are you giving the job to? If I had to pick one first, if I sorry, sorry, 
No, no, um, I'll let you go first. Go ahead. Probably Harbaugh because Belichick's old. <laughs> just um, the age. But, but I wouldn't pick either if I was them. I don't like Harbaugh. I think he's just a – stay at Michigan, do your thing at Michigan. I don't know. I don't like him as an NFL coach. Well, he's gone. Um, he was he was gone. gone as soon as they brought up these allegations before the season started, and they talked about him being suspended for four games. I we talked about it on the show. I was like, four games. Uh, I hope they get out of that, and they did. But as soon as that happened, it just opened the door, and then he was even threatening, like, "Go ahead and bring this up and see what I don't bring out." As the rest of the Big Ten, I was like, "Oh, now he's going after the, mm. the NCAA." Yeah, he's not coming back. So I think he gets out of Dodge like Pete Carroll left before USC got you know shamed. And if he goes to the NFL, if you're a team choosing between Belichick and, and Harbaugh, for me, it's 100% Harbaugh. And that's nothing against wow. – yeah, it, it's nothing against Bill Belichick. Look, I, I, can, I can acknowledge as much as I dislike the Patriots, right? I can acknowledge <clears throat> that he's the best coach of all time, probably the best coach in regards to sports. But there's a day and age where it catches up to you. And he hasn't, I don't care if he, he's going to try to bring in his staff wherever he goes. And along comes, you know, that's not Patricia anymore, but who's the offensive coordinator for the Patriots right now? Random. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Yeah. It's going to come who's with Alabama. It's going to, oh, well, uh, what I'm saying is it's going to come with, uh, it's going to come with skeletons that the Chargers don't need. They're going to want to call him. They're going to call him. But if I'm the GM, if I'm the owner, I'm steering away from Belichick versus Harbaugh because Harbaugh is going to be coming off of the new transition way of how college football is, and 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 Belichick stuck in the, the 2010s and like thinking that you can just rely on defense and I don't need to. He's going to want control of drafting. He's going to want control of roster alignment. That's a lot of responsibility that like he you can see has been very not successful post Brady versus what you get with Harbaugh where you're seeing the transition, whatever happens in college football happens in the NFL like mm. two years later. And he, he's in it right now. So I think he would just be a little bit better of adjustment for yeah. someone like a Justin Herbert versus Belichick. I, at first, I thought you guys are going to both go Bill Belichick. And I was leaning that way. But now I'm thinking his time back in the NFL, he was pretty successful. He took the 49ers to Super Bowl. And he, I think he was the first coach in the NFL to introduce the pistol offense. With... um. Kaepernick. Was Kaepernick. he there? Was he there with Smith or was he there Kaepernick. with Kaepernick? I know he was there Kaep with Kaepernick. Okay. I don't know if he, so he drafted Kaepernick. Yeah. Okay. Which was I, I feel like that offense is dying out a little bit. I haven't seen that as much recently, but um yeah, he's he's innovative. He has the pedigree, he's been in Super Bowl. It's just tough with Bill. I mean, he's like a what five time Super Bowl champion, six. How, how many of the rings do the Patriots have? Bill's got five. Five, so Bill's got eight. Oh yeah, if you count the Giants, so he's got six. Oh, so damn. six with the Patriots, two with the, two with the Giants. It's hard to turn down. Let's uh, let's get. But to that the, was thirty. Go ahead. Let's go get ahead. to the closing takes before you lose your goddamn <laughs> mind. The show is coming to an end, but first it's time to get to anything we've missed. It's closing time. One segment, two takes. <laughs> I love how stoic. At, we're jamming out now. Just stoic yeah, I, as fuck. Uh, yeah, the first time. This is my first podcast I've ever been on, guys. So you guys brought the energy. I have to say to my closing take, you guys look 
pretty good. Thank I you. Like I love that you have a fake brick background, but every once in a while it cuts out and I can see you're in an attic. Are you okay? I have to ask you, are you no, okay? I'm in the basement. I'm in the <laughs> you're okay, I don't right? Know if that's worse. <laughs> you're not being held hostage somewhere, right? You're okay? No. Okay. No, I'm good. <laughs> uh, since you're new to the proceeding, proceedings, closing takes is kind of like, you know, we have structured segments for the most part, and there are things that interest us individually throughout the week that maybe we don't get a chance to talk on. So now's your chance to to cover whatever, whether it be sports, pop culture, world, life, whatever that's on your mind. Adam, I'll save you for last so you can think about anything that's on your mind. I will go first. I had a couple. I read two of them. So ooh, the last one's kind of grim. I'm a Tampa Bay Rays fan. Obviously, we talked earlier in the year about Wander Franco, Franco um, how he got caught up with like a 15-year-old. Well, apparently there's multiple, which is oh. great. That's never good for you. Um, he's been away from the team for a while now. Um, and now he's officially arrested for dodging investigators. He didn't show up to, uh, you know, investigators want to talk to him back in uh, his home country. I don't I forget where it's from. Was dodging the police, dodging the invest- investigators. He is now officially arrested. This mm. dude's career. He's going to be like a Hall of Fame type caliber player. Gonzo for diddling little kids. There you go, buddy. Uh, I don't have it with me. It's okay. I told you. I, I'm. It's out for delivery, so it'll most likely be here tomorrow. D, you're up. Yeah, so I'm gonna keep it a little bit more positive than than I'm yours. Negative today, I, huh? I'm starting I know, off this year, for right? real. I'm sorry, Houghton, that you got to deal with negative Nancy over here to my uh, <laughs> to my right, um, left on your screen. But essentially, mine was gonna be much more positive because I feel for this guy. I think. I think we've I heard words get thrown out there as superstar, so I love it. But big shouts to Justin Fields. Look, I think from what he's had to handle this season, all year of you're not the guy, we're not investing into you, we're gonna trade you, to like having the crowd at Chicago Field as a Soldier Field chanting we want fields like that's that's gotta feel good as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's gotta be like, damn, like. I want him out, right? I said, I was like, I want him to be in New Orleans. I want New Orleans to just get a quarterback. But, like, I want Justin Fields to just be out of Chicago because of how this season went. And he was like, look, I'm going to just go out there and play ball. Like, I don't care if I get hurt. Like, I'm going to do my best to show that whoever wants me is going to get a dog. And he went out there and and led the team to, you know, a big win against the Falcons. May not have been... They don't need draft positioning because they got the Panthers number one pick. So like he's just going out there to play ball and he spoiled the Falcons chances of making the playoffs. So like he's just trying to play ball, right? And he played good against the Bear, I mean against the Cardinals, he played good against the Falcons. So big shouts to Justin Fields, you know, to to not just go out there and and let some bench kid who was the backup that came in that oh, wore gosh. like two gloves for a game. It was weird. He had like an Italian name. He was a white kid. Yeah, it's just like he could have just just been like, all right, well, I mean, I don't want to get hurt. Like, I want to worry about free agency or, or getting traded. And he's like, no, no, this is my team. DJ Moore was like, thank you. I'm like, thank you because, you know, he helped me win a championship in fantasy football because he threw the ball. DJ Moore, big shouts. Um, but no, at the end of the day, it was cool to see Justin Fields respond the way that he did. Question. Answer. Is there any possibility with this recent run that – the Bears trade down to number two, draft Marvin Harrison Jr., and keep Justin Fields as a quarterback. Yes. They should. I would keep Justin Fields. Because there's going to be a lot of teams lining up to get his services this offseason via trade. 
you know what you got now in Justin Fields. You do not know what you get out of Caleb Williams. You do not know what you get out of Drake May. As much as I talk about my guy, I rep him on my shoulder. You don't know what you're going to get out of Jaden Daniels coming from college, right? But you know that Justin Fields can play quarterback if he has time. If he's got a team around him, they gave him Justin, excuse me, they gave him DJ Moore, played the best season he's ever played. He's played his best season of his career. He doesn't have an offensive line. He really doesn't have a running back with it being Khalil Herbert. So you go out there and get a wide receiver, a good offensive line with that 10th pick, a a alignment with that 10th pick, and then you get another stud at wide receiver or, or running back, maybe even a tight end. Yeah, man, that offense changes overnight uh, with a, like I said, there were people throwing out the word superstar for him earlier today, and I was like, damn. I feel bad for the people of Carolina because (laughs) (laughs) they are so bad, those Panthers, and they're going to get nothing from it, and they thought they drafted their savior last year. I mean, they could have had CJ Stroud, and it would have still been the same thing. That organization is dog shit. I'm sorry. Uh, All right, D, I'm D. So used to say oh. that. All right, Adam, what do you got for us? Um, this might be a little uh, old, but um, uh, okay. Rashad Mendenhall came out with this. Uh, <laughs> He's bringing it back. He's bringing it back. <laughs> yes. Did, did you guys talk about that last week? No, no. no but no. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but can we do it behind the scenes? Yeah. Behind the scenes of the podcast. I was in the private chat with Darian and I go, should I ask Adam about what he brought up to us in the text? And, and Darian goes, hell nah. And then, <laughs> and then Adam brings okay, up, okay. I love, no, no, go for it. Adam, you, do man. you, Floor do you big dog? What you, what you want me to go through the, no what, good. What I think about do, that. Why don't you just go, whatever you're about to say, do whatever you're about to say, go for it. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, so yeah, Rashad Menhel brought up that idea, and some people on the internet had you know had fun with that, an all white versus all black game. I'm gonna fade down uh, the music. All for white this. team, all black team. Um, while it makes no sense, um, uh, it's fun to you know you can create a Madden team and 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 you know play that out. I think some people uh, did that online, but like just <clears throat> it would be kind of an interesting thing. The more you think about it, you're like, hmm. Yeah, who would be on this team? You know, but like you you'd get a you know some good players on both sides. The only thing is I think, you know, corner. As much as I want to root for the white team. Um <laughs> call me what you want. Call me what you want. <clears throat> but it's all in good fun. Let me just cut through this because Adam is doing a lot of ums and ums and clicking his pennies clearly. He's very nervous, nervous asking. The question, the question yes. was, and I'll bring it up now. Adam was wondering you guys have if there's a hypothetically an all-white team and an all-black team, would um, it be racist yeah, the, for him? Uh, Please just talk right over me. <laughs> would it be racist if he rooted for the white team? Radio shit. Um, but yeah, yeah, we would just get smoked on the outside. <laughs> we, we don't have the speed. Harrison Smith. Over the top, <laughs> maybe your only safety. I can't think of anybody yeah. else that plays safety. Jason Seahorn's not coming back. No, no. There was one guy, white guy, that ran really fast in the at forty, but I don't even know what happened to him. So I actually thought about this because Adam put this bug in my head about this all white versus all black team, and I started thinking, 
Dude, there's a lot of really good white tight ends. I was going through the tight end list and like you, they're you, all white. Number one, you you would have the best, the best tight, tight ends list of all time. Like you could bring back retired tight ends and they'd still be better. Like we got Shannon Sharp. Um, just we probably could take Tony Gonzalez. Like I think that would be considered us. But no, nah, you guys got ones? tight end position on lock right now. Kittle, Kelsey, Hawkinson. Um, who's like the Florida? Laporta, who's like the best not white tight end right now? Does Darren Waller count? It's gonna be it's probably gonna be in joke. And joke, ooh, yeah, yeah he's he's been really good this past couple weeks. Yeah, the all white team would get smacked though. Who would you be the receivers? Like a forty style offense. Cooper Cup is your number one. Adam Thielen. Uh, that drops soon. That drops I think you probably would be able to consider Puka Nakua just uh, just based off of Pacific Islander. We get yeah. To um, I really can't think of anybody else after that. Maybe uh, Hunter Renfro <laughs> running, <laughs> running the slot for you. Braxton Barrios. Braxton Barrios. Yeah. Um, Is Christian Watson White? No. 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 Uh yeah man I I got I, I'm all the way down to the I mean you you can put Cole Komet in the slot if you want oh, God dang bro we'd be running like four tight oh, ends you literally have like ten tight ends um you know good thing is you would have CMC probably considered the best running back in the league right now we'd have some good fullbacks <laughs> tell yeah. you what yeah you can get the Watt kid you can get the kid Ricard out of Baltimore you can get. <laughs> Pretty much any fullback that you'd I have. Feel like if this hypothetical existed, the white team would have to run the wishbone offense. <laughs> to have to. Do anything. Yeah. You'd have to have Josh Allen run it with you. Like that would be it. You wouldn't it, as bad as this is, you wouldn't be successful with Mahomes. Um because you, you'd <laughs> no, have to have uh, not Mahomes, um Burrow. You'd have to have you'd have to have more athleticism out yeah. there. You'd have to have Josh Allen. <laughs> We'd play the whole game inside the numbers. <laughs> yep. Yep. Dink and dunk because if you try to throw it over the top, there's I'm literally all the way down to like 110 and I'm seeing running backs before I see another uh, white wide receiver. Um wait, they have like a, a list of just white No, no, no. I'm just going by receiving yards okay. and like I'm seeing tight ends and running backs and Oh, nope, tight end. Uh yeah. Brand, oh, Brandon Powell? Who? Nope, black guy. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you guys are in some serious trouble when it comes to wide receivers or corners and safety. Yeah, that kind linebackers of... would be decent. Linebackers would be okay. Defensive mm-hmm. ends, TJ obviously TJ Watt on one side. Yeah, he's a he's uh, a outside linebacker. I mean, OLB, I guess. But you got Max Crosby. Max Crosby. I know he, Crosby's oh, invited you got the to Bosa's. You got the Bosa kids. But you can do got the Bosa kids. Yeah. And so, if you know anything oh. about the Bosa's, they are very excited about this game. This game would be incredible for them to play, from what I've heard multiple times. Um, <laughs> you know, they'd average. You know, both have about ten sacks because of who they'd be playing up against. <laughs> um, but the good news is, we just swap out quarterbacks. One day you get, I mean, one play uh, you get, uh, you get Lamar. The next play you get Patrick. The next play you get Deshaun. The next you play get, push, that, get the Hurts push put tush push in there too. Yeah, you get Jalen in there. So like plenty plenty of different looks that we'd be able to give. So it'd kind of throw off the time. I'm giving my my final prediction of the game would be we'd have we we would dominate kicking. By the way, just don't. It would be there. seventy to like fourteen. <laughs> we'd have a bunch of field goals. There would be nobody to cover Tyreek Hill. 
<laughs> not a single person. 56 to 13 final. <laughs> Team Black. When, when they talked about this, not just this topic, but like it made me think of when um, flag football was introduced to the Olympics. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> you're going to really put the NFL players like Tyree Kill was like, no, I'm playing. Like, I'm just letting you guys know that Jim, John from Lithuania that has to go, you know, do plumbing work for one morning and then go cover Tyreek Hill in the afternoon. Like, that's just stupid. Uh, so good luck. <laughs> I feel like this should have been a Chappelle show skit somewhere down the line, but just never it's it too late. But no, it's funny. It's good. It's good. I'm glad you asked it, man. I, I said if we had a, a full segment, it would have been perfect to go over. We kind of made this into the segment, but it, it would have <laughs> been fun to go over it. Maybe, maybe at some point when the game actually uh, runs, we can come back to it. These these literal response in all caps to this this suggestion. Hell no. Nah. Hell no. Nah, LMAO. <laughs> but we we here we did it. Adam, thanks for joining us, man. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate you. Thanks buddy. for having me, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for and again. I see your background and you're like in a dungeon. If you're, if you need help, just blink twice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do you get us out? Right, buddy. Cool, man. Again, once, uh, once and for all, I'll say it again. Thank you, Adam Houghton. Um, I've always referenced your name too. I'll say AH from up North. So now you guys know who I'm talking about when I do, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um, you know, giving your insight, talking about the Patriots, man, it's all love. Uh, more importantly, like I say, every time we're getting up out of here, please make sure y'all hit us up on all of our socials. You can find us on frizzandagrizz.com. One of these days, we're going to get some merchandise. If my cheap-ass co-partner can actually buy some Listen, Adam is actually producing right now in the basement. <laughs> okay. We can say that, too. We know he's cheap as hell, too. <laughs> joking, but not joking. No, please make sure y'all hit us up on all our socials. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook. One day we'll get an Instagram and potentially a TikTok. Uh, probably not. We're not with the with the hipsters and whatnot. But I will get us out of here the right way. So please make sure y'all take care of y'all mentals. Please make sure y'all take care of y'all physicals. Take care of y'all chicken. Take care of y'all children. And we'll catch y'all on the rebound. Peace. Hey, they got a website that you can hire girlfriends for the day.